Isn't it cool to see what we're a part of at this church? Yeah. 50-some ladies serving in the Muslim world. Can't think of a more oppressing place for someone to serve. Um, So it's pretty cool. You may not have been aware that you were a part of that. So uh, something else, you know, Community Church was recently a part of is raising money for Paradise, California. And did you know that um, you all raised... $2,700 $2,700 that was sent to or is being sent to Paradise, California. Um, that's pretty cool. The King's Kids, yes. And I know Julie is probably with the King's Kids right now, but Julie, that was something God put on her heart, Julie Klug. Um, so if you see her, say, thanks for listening to the Lord. It was his idea, but he gave it to Julie. She shared it with us. And that's how God's people come together to do something bigger than any of us could do on our own. So that's pretty cool, too. 16 days left. It's Advent. We're preparing, right? Isn't it fun? I love this time of year. 16 days left. Two more candles, and we will be ready for Christmas. Let's pray together. Would you take one minute and just pray for yourself and ask God to speak to you right now? And now would you just pray for the people sitting right around you? Ask God to speak to them. Father, we do want you to speak to us, each of us. We want you to speak to us individually, collectively. We need to hear from you. Lord, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you uh, really wanted someone to recognize you and they didn't? Or someone to just remember your name and they didn't? Maybe you recognize them, you remember them, but they didn't remember you. kind of hurts. Now imagine if that happens in your own family. It did. It happened to me. My family didn't recognize me. Now granted, I looked a little different than when the last time they'd seen me. But I'd lived in Alaska for two years, and when I moved back to Colorado, I looked radically different than when I left. I'd lived for one of those years out in the bush, hunting and trapping, and so I was skin and bones. So I came in at about a buck thirty. Didn't look like when I left. Also, I had hair down to here and a beard down to here. Duck Dynasty before it was popular. This was the mid-80s. Um, So I didn't look anything like when I'd left. And before I, uh, later my brother would would tell me, um, you you look like a cross between Charles Manson and Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) Flattering, right? As only a sibling could say to you. Uh, So that gives you a little word picture of, of what I must have looked like, but... Before I arrived back in Gunnison, after being gone for two years and not seeing any of my family for two years, 
I stopped in Denver to see my grandparents. And the guy that had lived with me in Alaska was with me, and he was uh, a friend from college here at Western. He looked, I think, probably worse than I did at that point. And we stopped at my grandparents' house, and as I pulled in the driveway, I realized my dad's pickup was there. So my dad was in Denver visiting, visiting my grandparents. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm going to get to surprise my grandparents and my dad all at once. Uh, as I walked up on the porch, they have a huge picture window that looks right into the living room. And through the glass, I could see my dad sitting there and my grandfather sitting there. Well, we strolled up on the porch and I rang the doorbell. What was going on outside was not exactly what was going on inside. I was excited. I was bubbling with excitement, anticipation. I haven't seen him for two years. On the inside, there was a different conversation. My dad said to my grandfather, Geez, Dad, looks like you got some riffraff coming to the door. And my grandfather replied, Yeah, it looks like the second coming. Finally, they came to the door, and I, uh, as they looked into my eyes, and I told them, Hi, Grandpa. Hi, Dad. We hugged. And uh, yeah, it didn't bother me that much. But it did a little not to be recognized by those you love and those that love you. It's kind of a bummer. Now, it was fairly minor, but there are times when it can hurt a lot more, huh? When someone doesn't recognize you. Now, imagine if that were to happen in your own home. Maybe even the home you built. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. You know that? That's what happened to Jesus when he came to this world. We're going to read in in John chapter 1 to start with, together verses 9 through 11. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Not only did people not recognize him in his day, most of them had no idea why he'd come. They didn't understand his purpose. Of course, if they didn't understand his purpose, we can also conclude that they probably didn't understand their own need for his coming. Why he'd even come in the first place. John makes it very clear for us in his gospel and in other letters he wrote why Jesus came, why we celebrate Christmas. In the book of 1 John, so there's the Gospel of John, and then towards the end of your Bible, you got 1, 2, and 3 John, these small letters to churches. In the book of 1 John, he really helps his readers fully understand why Christ came. Now, I think the reasons that people didn't recognize him in his day are not much different than the reasons people don't recognize him today. And I think it can be boiled down to ignorance and arrogance. Those two things, either one of them by themselves, is bad enough. But if you combine those two things, it'll leave us completely blind. 
we won't be able to see anything. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 John, and it'll also be up here on the screen. Um, if you want to go to Revelation, just go backwards. Go to Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, 1 John. We're going to read why, why John thought it was so important as a reminder to his readers in that day and for us today why Jesus came. As we prepare, as we celebrate Advent and prepare for Christmas, it's a great reminder to us. John begins his letter to this whole group of churches by reminding them that he, in fact, was an eyewitness that he was with Jesus. He was with him from the beginning. That he walked with him. He talked with him. He saw him. He heard from him. He touched him. That he was an eyewitness. And he wants to reassure his readers and us the importance of the message that Christ gave him and now he is giving on to others and to us. And in chapter 1 he writes very clearly, this is the message we heard from him and we declare to you. Are you ready? Here it is. God is light. That's it. That's it. There's the message. He says, Christ gave us this. Now I want you to have it. God is light. Of course, then he spends the next four and a half chapters unpacking that. That little three-word phrase for us. I'm going to do the quick unpacking for you. Okay? I'm the, I'm the older brother who comes and rips open your presents. I'm going to do the quick unpacking for you right here, okay? God is light. Light carries the idea of what? Of holiness and perfection. God is holy. He is perfect. In contrast to his light is what? Darkness. Darkness. In fact, this whole book is a a book about contrasts. There's light. There's darkness. There's love, there's hate, there's truth, there's lies. The whole book has these, has these contrasts for you. As we understand God's light and His love and His truth, and in this book, John's persuasion for us to live in a similar way, we can't help but feel like, I, I don't measure up. I, I can't live that way. Like, I'm, I'm just coming up short all the time. So in those five chapters in this small book is woven beautifully this Christmas theme of why He came. Why He came and why you and I don't have to worry about measuring up because God is reaching out to us. We don't have to try to live a certain way in order to reach God. It's impossible anyway. He, in fact, is reaching out to us. So we're going to read a few of these verses together. Chapter 3, verse 5. And I may highlight a certain point, portion of each of these verses. But um, chapter 3, verse 5. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Why did he come? What's Christmas all about? 
Jesus came. He appeared. He appeared to be the battering ram to break down the barrier of sin between us and God. To punch a hole in the darkness so we could come into the light. That's it. In that one verse right there, or half of a verse, spans 33 years. You know it? He appeared, His birth, to take away sins. His death. Christmas, when celebrated without the context of Good Friday and Easter, is empty. It is. You know it? We can celebrate His birth, His birthday, but it doesn't mean anything without Good Friday and Easter too. Reminds me of the sweater I wore for an ugly sweater party on Wednesday. Annette and I hosted a Mops leadership Christmas party and the moms got to bring the husbands. I got to be included. So we hosted a Christmas party over here, Webster Hall. And I brought for you my sweater. I'm not going to put it on. It says, go Jesus, it's your birthday. It's your birthday? That's empty, right? Without the context of Good Friday, without the context of Easter, His resurrection, what's His birthday even mean? It doesn't mean much. It's empty. This one verse encapsulates all of it. He came to take away our sins. God is reaching out to us. God is always reaching out. He is pursuing. He is wooing us to come to Him. In chapter, a few verses later, in, chapter, in verse 8, we read the second part of it. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Why did he come? What's Christmas all about? He came to destroy the devil's work. Now, what's the devil's work, we ask? The devil's work basically is to drive a wedge between us and God. That's what Satan came to do by stealing, killing, destroying. Jesus won the victory when he died on the cross. But there's still a battle going on, isn't there? You and I see the effects of it every day. He came to destroy the devil's work, and in one sense, he did when he hung on the cross at Calvary for us. But there's still a battle going on. Reminds me of the, there was a football game a couple weeks ago, Ohio State versus Michigan. And it was awesome. If you're an Ohio State fan. Go Buckeyes. I am. I'm, I'm, my wife grew up a few blocks from the stadium in Columbus, Ohio. So, I was grafted in. I was grafted in like a Gentile to the Buckeye Nation. How did I become a fan? I was getting to know her dad. The only thing her dad and I had in common was we both loved his daughter. And I was trying to get to know him. It was like, I mean, he's a banker from Ohio. I'm a redneck from Ohio City. We don't have a lot in common. (gasps) 
football, football. And before I knew it, I became a Buckeye fan. Anyway, they were playing Michigan a couple weeks ago, biggest rivalry in college sports. And Ohio State spanked them. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I almost cried. They put up 62 points on them. But here's the point. About midway through the third quarter, it was clear who won. It was. There was no way they could come back. It was clear, right? Who had victory? They still had to go out and play the rest of the, the, rest of the second half. They had to go out and finish it and take every snap. Jesus destroyed the devil's work. The victory is his and is ours. We still got to go out. We still got to go out and enter the battle because it's still going on. He came to destroy the devil's work. God is reaching out to us. He wants to remove any barrier between us and himself. That's why he came. Chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we read, we're going to read, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may, oops, that's 520. Go back to verse, chapter 4, there it is. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Why did he come? What's Christmas all about? He came to remove sin once and for all so that we might live. The Apostle Paul describes our condition prior to Christ as being dead. We're dead in our sins. Jesus came so that we could have life. God loved, so he gave. We believe, so we live. That's John's words from the Gospel. Chapter 3, verse 16, a verse you're all familiar with. He loved us, so he sent his Son. He gave his son. We believe so we can have life. God is reaching out to us. Not just in salvation, but every day to every single person, to every one of us. He is always moving toward us. Do we recognize it? Do we see it? Or are we kind of like some of the people in his day that didn't recognize it at all? Didn't see him. Didn't hear his voice. Maybe there's ignorance. Maybe there's arrogance that's keeping us from recognizing him or our need for him. It's only through the lens of humility that we'll be able to see him. That we'll be able to recognize him. He's reaching out all the time. Moving toward us. Oftentimes I know I don't recognize it. Or I don't recognize it until after the fact. And then I go, oh, that was God. A couple years ago, I remember I was, I was just having one of those days. Horrible. Horrible day. You know the kind of day I'm talking about. In fact, when I was writing this sermon, I, it reminded me of the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Does anybody remember that children's book? Uh, well, I was having, it was Spencer and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Actually, it was a 
a, a handful of days leading up to that day. A friend and neighbor had, had just taken his life. Uh, my dad had fallen, hit his head, had a brain bleed. His health was failing. Another dear friend, uh, I'd just been told, had stage 4 pancreatic cancer and wouldn't make it a few weeks. Uh, wanted me to come to Tulsa and do his funeral, and I couldn't. And I woke that morning in the dark, and our dog was uh, on her deathbed, and I knew I was going to have to put down my dog that day. It was like this perfect storm of, it was a horrible day. It was a horrible day. I sat there in the dark, sipping coffee. Annette had gone to a mops retreat in Grand Junction, and I sat there, and I felt so alone. Our son was in college up at Fort Collins. Our daughter was still sleeping. It was a Saturday morning. And I sat there in the darkness just feeling absolutely empty and alone. Then the phone rang. I didn't recognize the number, and the caller ID said unknown. So I usually don't pick those up. I know you don't either. If I do pick them up, I usually, I usually start speaking Russian, which I still speak Russian. And then the salespeople sales hang up on you. And you don't feel bad about hanging up on them. I know, that's, that's weird. That's not right. Good. Anyway, I didn't either that day. I answered it, and I spoke English. And I just said hello. And it was a voice I didn't recognize at first, but it was a friend I hadn't talked to in about three or four years. Had no emails, no texts, nothing. And um, he said, Spencer, I am sitting here having my devotion time right now, and God keeps bringing your face to my mind. And he said, I knew I had to call you right now. What's going on? And in tears, I just, I just threw up over the phone on him <laughs> for about 15 minutes. And he just listened. He said, I'm so sorry, man. And can I pray? Absolutely. We prayed together. I hung up the phone and still sat there in the dark, sipping my coffee. And then it hit me. God is reaching out. And he just said, Spencer, I see all. I know all. I know exactly what's going on. Not just in your life, but everyone." And I'm here. And that little phone call was just a reminder to you that I am here and I'm reaching out to you. God is reaching out. He's reaching out to us all the time. Another verse, chapter 5, verse 20. We read, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. Why did he come? What's Christmas all about? He came so that we would know him. That we would know the God of the universe. We'd have a personal and intimate relationship with him. God is reaching out. God is not interested in religion. God is interested in relationship. That's the whole message of this book. 
This is God's redemptive plan for mankind. God is about relationship. And He will come and remove anything that's in the way so that we can come to Him. That's why He sent His Son. That's what Christmas is all about. He will leave the 99 to come after you. And He has. I know that God wants to reach out to every one of us every day. The question is, do we recognize it? Do we hear it? I was sitting with a young man just two weeks ago, sitting, he had a deer license, and uh, we were sitting out in the middle of sagebrush country looking for deer together. I've known this young man most of his life. He's about 30 now. His parents are dear friends. Dad's a pastor. Mom's in ministry. And I had a hunch that he was going through a rough patch in his own faith. He had left home 12 years ago to go to college. I think he packed everything to go to college except his faith. For four years in college, it slowly eroded away. Then uh, for about five years up in Chicago, working, didn't pursue anything. Then another five years in San Francisco, And I sat there with him and said, uh, hey, have you found a good church in San Francisco? And he said, no. Spencer, actually, I don't believe in God anymore. I've lost my faith. So I said, well, tell me about that. How'd that happen? Knowing how he grew up, he knew how, he knew I knew how he grew up. And, um, So he just talked for about 15 minutes, telling me what happened. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of things going on. But the one thing he said was, you know, I'm just so tired of so-called Christians, people that call themselves Christians, consider themselves Christians, but they don't live anything like Jesus did. And um, I just listened. Um, I finally said, you know, I agree. I mean, there's... There's people that call themselves Christian that don't encourage my faith. They just don't. But I said, but there are some people that I know. And they deeply encourage my faith because I've seen what God has done in their lives. I see what he's doing right now and how he's reaching out to them. He listened to me and they thanked me. I thanked him for his honesty. Uh, About a day later, he got a message from someone that uh, a dear friend of his had just passed away. And I knew the timing of this was not accident. There never is. Not with God. And he had to leave the hunt early. Um, but I hugged him as he left, and I said, don't, don't give up. Don't give up on God. He's reaching out to you, and his arms are open wide. Um, We have texted some since then. But I knew right then that God was reaching out to him through me. I just knew it. I knew God was reaching out to him. But it was through me. It was through friendship. It was through being there, being present with him, just asking a few questions. Not reacting and freaking out when he said he lost his faith. Um, 
And I'm praying that he recognizes and listens to God's voice. And he sees that God is the one reaching out to him. I think he will. I really believe he will. Before our closing hymn, um, I'm going to ask you to just take a minute on your own in silence. And as Marty plays uh, softly for us, I'm going to ask you to just go to God. Maybe you want to thank him for reaching out to you. Maybe you want to ask him to help you recognize that he is reaching out to you and recognize the times he is. Maybe you want to just ask him to reach out to someone else through you during this Christmas season. Whatever it is, just take a minute on your own in silence right now, and then I'll close this in a minute. Father, we desperately need you. Lord, forgive us for the times where we just, either through ignorance or arrogance, don't recognize you reaching out to us. Lord, that I believe it's clear from your word that you are always moving toward us. That your arms are open wide. Help us, help us to come and enjoy that embrace. To draw close to you. Lord, help us, especially during this season, to let you reach out to others through us. Father, we love you. I pray that uh, each and every person here would have a sense this week that you are reaching out to them and you want, you want them. You're not interested in religion. You are interested in intimate relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is 557. Would you stand with me for this um, closing
During this Christmas season, may each of us recognize how God is reaching out to us and through us. God bless you. Amen. If you would uh, like prayer, if someone wants prayer for anything, please come forward. There will be someone up here to pray with you. Thanks. God bless you.